Hi, welcome to Follow Me. It's really great to have you in our new teaching ministry that we have here through the ministry of Wayne Fleet BIC Church. And this is just a great time to get together, especially during COVID. You find yourself maybe feeling anxious or you perhaps find yourself feeling discouraged or maybe even angry and frustrated. Um, I've talked to some people who have said, I, I just need something that's bigger than me. And boy, that is a great way to put it. We all need help. And God is there. He's our, he's our Father. He cares about us. And so <clears throat> this is a great teaching time, simply called Follow Me, where we're going to be looking at the teachings of Jesus, where, where we're going to be seeing how to put these things into practice that Jesus and early church leaders, uh, uh, how they taught uh, the people in their day. And how can a 2,000-year-old book with, uh, with just four short chapters, that's the book of Philippians that we're going to be looking at for a few weeks, how can that really be a help to us in 2021 during COVID and lockdowns and stay at home and, and these, these temporary curtailings of our, our basic freedoms to travel and worship and to be with family and friends? And I think there's a couple of things to remember about Jesus' teachings and the things that we're learning from his word. First of all, times have changed, but human nature is the same. History has changed through the corridor of time, but the nature of mankind, of humankind, is the same as it was tens of thousands of years ago. So that's important for us to keep in mind. And then secondly, you know, God has chosen to reveal himself to humankind two ways, through nature, and he promised that he would preserve scripture. Uh, in the New Testament, there's a, a book called First Timothy. And in chapter three, it reminds us that scripture is given to us by God. It's from the mind and heart of God to, to us. And so that makes it profitable and helpful to us because God has, has given it to us to understand. I don't understand everything in the Bible uh, because his mind, uh, his infinite mind wrote it. But my finite mind doesn't understand all of it. But there's so much that I read and I learn more and more as I, as I learn it, as I practice it. And so we're going to take the time over the next few weeks to look at a New Testament book called Philippians. And this is um, a beautiful story uh, of a guy by the name of Paul, one of the early church leaders who, hadn't, who wasn't always an early church leader. Uh, I'll tell you more about him in just a second. And so this is a book that is going to be so helpful to us because it talks about joy in life. And that's not predicated on, on other people or circumstances or stuff that we have or don't have. So this guy named Paul was literally locked down in prison in Rome at the time that he wrote the book of Philippians. And the main theme of Philippians is joy. 
And, and so this, uh, this guy is, uh, at this time, is older and has been around for a while. And, and he's given us a syllabus with life lessons about being able to look up when we find ourselves kind of locked down in life. And that's something every one of us could do a, a bit more of, don't you think? Now, Paul is the same guy who early in his life, he was a terrorist. I mean, a terrorist, like you read about in the newspaper or see on the news. Uh, he was going into the churches of that day and, and he was disrupting it. Paul, and, uh, who was known as Saul at that time, uh, he and his, um, his people were going into homes and breaking up families, taking people to jail. Folks were being executed, all for simply being Christ followers. How much have people done in history thinking they were doing good in the name of religion when it has brought so much heartache and pain so many times? And so at an, at an early age, Saul became a follower of Jesus Christ. That's another story for another time. It's a fascinating story of how he came to follow Jesus. He became a missionary, and he meets this, this um, church in the city of Philippi, which is in modern-day Greece, and helped them get started. These were Jewish followers of Christ. They spoke Greek, and uh, they lived in a Greek world. And on Paul's second missionary trip, uh, about 10 years earlier than where he is right now, sitting in jail in Rome, he had the pleasure of meeting these folks and helping them get started into being a church. And so he loved these folks, and they loved him, and he had history with them. And I, I think of beloved pastors that have been here in the ministry of Wayne Fleet BIC Church, uh, this church is 140 years old. Can you believe that? And there have been some amazing pastors down through the years. I think of Charlie Mashenter, who is the executive director of our denomination, being Christ Church of Canada. He was pastor here for about 17 years. And then I, I think of um, one of our, our older brothers, John Sider, Pastor John, who was uh, on staff here for many, many years, did a lot of pastoral care. And many folks in our church um, have been helped personally um, by these and other pastors that have been here at Wayne Fleet. And so um, just as these men bring a smile to the heart of people that know them, so the church at Philippi, it just brought great blessing to them, a smile on their face when they thought of Paul and his time with them. Now he was in a lockdown. Now he was in prison in Rome, but he writes to encourage them and to tell them to, to beware of, of joy thieves, to beware of things that will rob them of joy. He talks about that sometimes people can rob our joy and take away our satisfaction. Circumstances can do that. Sometimes stuff, you know, just the materialism of this world can do that. 
worry and anxiety that we are so prevalent to see and feel in these days uh, can be a joy robber. And so this letter is about the, the vast difference between just mere happiness, which depends on circumstances, and joy, which is rooted deeper. It's, it's in some great spiritual realities down inside of us. Now do you see how relevant Philippians can be to us in 2021? Okay, so I want you to take a moment and I want you to think about the importance, um, the important distinction between happiness and joy. What's the difference between happiness and joy? You say, well, there is no difference. Oh, there is, there is. I'll give you an example. Um, Let's just say, this has not happened, but let's just say, hey, my uncle uh, has passed away and he left me a million dollars. Well, that would be happy. I'd be happy to have a million dollars from my uncle's estate, right? Joy, on the other hand, would say something like this. You know, I, I was close to my uncle and I am so brokenhearted that he's passed but I, I'm so glad that I will see him again. See, there's joy. There's, they're rooted in, in spiritual truth. There's, there's this um, emotion of blessing and satisfaction, even though maybe things around me aren't the way I'd like for them to be. Take a moment. Think of something that brings happiness and see if you can come up with a definition, or I should say an example of what joy would be. Think about it for just a second. I'm going to give you just a moment to think about that. The difference between joy and happiness. I'd be happy if I had this. If I'm in the midst of struggle and problems, this would still bring joy to my heart in the midst of it. Did you come up with anything? I, I would love to hear. You can comment in the box below uh, maybe what you came up with that uh, is happiness and maybe take a stab at what you think joy would be. Just put that in the comments below. That'd be fun. Uh, others can see it as well. So what does Philippians 1 teach us today about having joy that's going to help us uh, throughout the week, that's going to help us each day? All right. Well, I think the important thing is joy comes from realizing what matters. Joy comes from realizing what matters. Um, I want you to understand what really matters in life so that you, you can live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. That's what Paul says. He goes on to say in that passage, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. Now, you got to remember where Paul was. That's a pretty upbeat passage of scripture. I want you to remember what's important and our life brings glory to God. This guy is saying those words from prison. In Rome, 800 miles away. Now, 
I'm just being honest. I'd be tempted to say all that matters to me is getting out of this joint. I want to get out of jail. And um, maybe you'd be tempted to say that too. However, griping about tough circumstances were not, it just wasn't on his radar scope. So maybe maybe it was people. Um, Maybe it was people that we see a couple of verses later in verses 15 to 17 who were, they just strongly disliked Paul. Um, They were out there preaching while he was in jail. They were out there preaching the teachings of Jesus, the gospel story of Jesus, hoping to make Paul jealous. Can you believe that? They were hoping to discourage him that, hey, I'm out here preaching, but you're stuck in prison. That's how much they detested Paul, that they would go out and try on purpose to discourage him. And, and yet you, you couldn't do that with Paul. Um, you, you're going to see, you, you'll see in that chapter that he actually wished them well. He was just happy that Jesus' story, that's what the gospel is, was, was being presented. So Paul wanted the, the, uh, the Philippian church to understand two main themes. First, what really matters is our gospel relationship to God and to each other. And then secondly, what, what really matters is the furtherance of this gospel story. It's so important. So stay with me as I talk about this for a couple of minutes. So he, he lovingly encourages and, and he thanks them for um, having relationship with him as, as brothers and sisters. And, um, and in verse 3, he says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Verse 4 says, Whenever I pray, I, I make my request for all of you with joy. Let me ask you something. When people think of you, do they give thanks to God for you, for me? When people hear my name, do they, do they give thanks to God? Who comes to your mind right now as, a, as a, a brother or sister in Christ or just somebody that you know really well and you give thanks for them? They've been a blessing to you. They've been a help to you when you really needed help. They were there. Um, who would that be? Have you, have you said thank you to God for them? And have you told them what a difference they've made or a help that they've been? Make their day. And I want to encourage you to tell them this week. We'll talk about that more in a couple of minutes. Down in verse 7 and 8 there of Philippians chapter 1, um, he says, It's right that I should feel as I do about all of you. For you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I love what he's saying there. In essence, hey, we're in this journey together. We're, we're following Christ together. We are this band of brothers and sisters serving together, loving together, sharing Christ together. 
this special place in each other's hearts. Um, our fellowship, or what draws us together, is, is in Jesus and in the gospel mission. You know, the church at Philippi was, was made up of very diverse demographics. Uh, hardworking people like, like the Philippian jailer um, in Acts chapter 16, there, there were wealthy people like Lydia who owned her own clothing, uh, her cloth business. There was a slave girl who had been demon-possessed, and, and she was delivered from that, and she came to know Christ and to follow him. So many diverse demographics, they're all found right there in the book of Acts where the, where the church at Philippi is talked about. And... Um, there's this powerful bond of love and testimony that it just superseded anything else. And can I tell you today that your story of God working in your life is so powerful. Maybe right now you just kind of you stuck your toe back in the water and you're just trying to understand what this is all about. And with all of this going on around us, just wanting to be able to feel the divine, wanting to feel something, uh, a force bigger than yourself. So maybe this is kind of new to you. Well, keep listening. Um, this is important stuff. I, I, hope, I hope it'll really help and bless you. And there's others that are watching this teaching that you would consider yourself a follower of Jesus. And you have a story. You have a story of how God has worked in your life, how Jesus has brought truth to you, that you're able to share with people. Your story is your story. Nobody can take it away from you. And I just want to encourage you to embrace it. Understand this bond of love together so that we can be a force of love to be reckoned with, uh, that works through the darkness and the fear and the hatred and the despair and the lostness of this old world in 2021. An early church leader by the name of John, um, he said in one of his teachings that they will know us by our love. That is how we are to be seen and known that we're followers of Christ, by the love that is, is in our life, by the love that we share, what do folks know? How do they know us? What do they know us by? Uh, at home or at school? At work? At church? On social media? What do people know about our love for God in those areas of life? That's a great question, and that That's a soul-searching question, I think. And then there's a second theme here, not, not only of being able to know God and his love for us and, and our love for each other, but a second theme here is that, that Paul thanked them and encouraged them to be about the furtherance of the gospel, the spreading of the gospel, the sharing of it. Paul looked at life throughout uh, uh, throughout the area where he lived and served in, he looked at it through the lens of furthering or advancing the gospel story. Now, here's a question. 
Was that just a unique call on his life? Or, or is he really modeling an approach and a way of thinking as a follower of Christ? There, there's a guy named Warren Wiersbe that has really helped me to understand how our life can further the gospel just by the way we look at life and how we treat it. Uh, here's what he says. I'm going to read you just a paragraph. Remember, Paul was in prison, in chains, literally chained to a guard. So he says, were there chains on his wrist? These were his bonds in Christ. Were his enemies causing trouble by their selfish preaching? Well, so what, Paul would say. They're preaching Christ. Uh, were his friends worried about him and praying for him? Well, fine. This was, uh, um, this was okay with him. This will exalt Jesus Christ. Was there a possibility that he might die? That was okay. Then Christ will be magnified or showed uh, by my death. Um, he had what I would call the single mind. He, he was putting Christ and the gospel ahead of everything else and anything else and anyone else in his life. When we take Christ into our circumstances, um, we can find joy when we realize that, that God's in control. Nothing's caught him by surprise. Not COVID, not lockdown, none of it. Paul was not the prisoner of Rome. He saw himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. In other words, he, he, was, he was gladly a servant of Christ. The soldiers that he was chained to, uh, his wrist, they weren't guards. They were souls for whom Christ died. They were a captive audience that he, that he witnessed to them and, and testified and shared his story. And, and you're going to see that basically the Apostle Paul, he was just this guy that the single-minded Christian, he, he just didn't allow circumstances to overcome him. And we're encouraged as believers today um, that our circumstances can be turned into opportunities to share Jesus, to, to, be able to, to be able to talk about Christ to people around us, not on a, not on a soapbox and Bible thumping, but just being able to share what's going on in our life and how we believe that Christ is there walking with us. Joy during the COVID season especially can be elusive. If we make, if we make the mistake of chasing happiness, joy will always be elusive. So in chapter one, Paul models joy, J-O-Y, Jesus, others, and you. And as we close uh, out this teaching time, he says something down in verse 20, and I just want to read it to you. I think it's uh, pretty amazing. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. 
For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. He says down in verse 22, If I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm kind of torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ and be in heaven, be with the Lord, which would be far, far better for me. But for your sake, it's better that I continue to live. So in this lockdown that he was in prison, he looked up. He saw the good in it. He saw the opportunities that, that maybe hearts would be a little more hungry about the gospel. Maybe folks who maybe had been slapped down by life, maybe that to them would be God tapping them on the shoulder to, to maybe share himself in a way that maybe they wouldn't have been listening earlier. Could that be you? Do you feel like maybe the Lord might be tapping you on the shoulder and trying to talk to you? Um, in this lockdown, can I encourage you to look up? And I want you to be reminded that what really matters in this time of uncertainty and anxiety and frustration, working at home, homeschooling, slow Wi-Fi, these doggone masks that we're wearing, no hugs for the past 12 months and and for many people watching church worship online for a year now. But we're reminded that joy can be, can be found in, in, in our midst when we focus on these two things. What really matters is the gospel relationship that we have with God. He's our Father. He's looking out for us. And, and we're looking out for each other. We're connected as followers of Christ and we're connected by love. And then secondly, our fellowship with God and each other is vital. It's life-giving. It's, it brings joy to us so that we can do what really matters, and that is our life is a furtherance or an advancing or, or, or showing or telling of the gospel that's happened to us by people seeing Christ in us as we react to this world around us. Does that hit home today as we look at our purpose for living, as we look at our life's work, as we look at what really is important and priority, that they're found in the everyday life of seeing life and its twists and its turns as opportunities to be able to see Jesus at work in us, and an opportunity for us to share the story of Jesus at work, uh, that Jesus is at work in us, and, um, and to be able to share that with people who maybe are, are kind of looking for some answers, maybe like some of you who are, who are listening and just kind of scratching your head and trying to take it all in, that's okay. Join us, stay with us, uh, connect with us for a while. Um, no harm, no foul. Is this speaking to you? And, and just kind of open your mind and heart during this teaching time and, and just, God, is, is this who you are? Is this what you want me to know? Uh, that's what we're here for. And we believe in this story and we believe in the things that Paul's talking about here. So I'm going to give you some homework. Ready? 
I'm going to give you two things to do this week. First, who do you give thanks for today in your life? Who's been there for you? Who's made a difference? Then I want you to tell them or show them or reach out to them. I want you to do that. And um, kind of bless that person for being a blessing to you. Your encouragement will encourage them. And then secondly, I want you to look for one way to further the gospel this week by being able to find Jesus at work in your circumstances or at school or at home with the family and just kind of share it with somebody else. I think you'll be surprised how it'll make you feel and how that it very well would be used by the Lord to maybe bring about some interest and questions uh, from family and friends that you share with. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today as we begin the book of Philippians. We're in chapter one. We're just going to kind of take our time walking through each chapter spread out over five weeks. And I'm glad that you're here during this teaching time for follow me is what Jesus asks. And uh, I encourage you to follow him and check him out. And for you as a follower of Christ, follow him with renewed vigor and love. I hope you have a great week. If we can help you in any way, just reach out. You can post something below. Uh, I'll be happy to look uh, at those and get back to you. You can email me, very simple, uh, pat at waynefleetbic.com, waynefleetbic.com. Email me. I would love to start an email thread with you, and if you'd like to talk down the road, we'd love to do that. We are here for you. And we love our community. We love, appreciate everybody who's with us today. Have a great day. Thanks for being a part of this. Take care.